0: Welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollack. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast, our listeners on our FM station in New York, and our listeners on our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you, Amorous Pollock introduce us to your fabulous guest.
1: Hey everyone, we have a fabulous show to bring you. We have Executive Chef Elijah Milligan, who is taking over the kitchen for Wilson's. Restaurant and Live Music, which is in High Nelly, New Jersey. And then we have Laura Eaton,
2: who is the owner of
1: Old City Social, Old City Kitchen, and Old City Collective. And then we're bringing you our regular segment of Where We're Eating. Let me introduce you to our first guest, Executive Chef Elijah Milligan. Elijah, welcome to our show.
2: Hey, thank you. Glad to uh, be on.
1: Thank you very much for joining us. So, um, it's exciting because you know we are going to be breaching into Black History Month, and your location, where you, the kitchen where you're working out of, which is Wilson's, um, is located in what is historically known as a Black-owned business area within the New Jersey. Um, you know. Region, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Wilson's history, um, how the owners came came about to bring you on board, and um, let us know some of the exciting dishes that you're going to be bringing.
2: Cool. So um, you know, Wilson's, as you stated, is located in Hightown, New Jersey. Um, it is a live entertainment uh, venue. Um, with an amazing bar and um, amazing bar and food, um, you know, curated by myself. Um, we've now been open for about two months. Um, it is a black-owned restaurant by a fabulous, the uh, fabulous couple, Mark and Mamie Wilson. And, um, you know, I've taken over the kitchen. Um, and I would say the food is more of a, um, you know, I like to say it's a, a modernized, you know, version of comfort food, right? So it's you know, food that I like to, you know, eat, um, you know, I think it's things that, especially nowadays, you know, something worth going out to, you know, dine for, but, you know, um, nothing too off-putting, nothing, you know, um, you know, just, it's really classy vibe all around, I think.
1: And, you know, I was looking over the menu and you have some fantastic dishes. I, I know that you have, um, as Jean had said earlier, an oxtail grilled cheese, um, there are, you know, numerous d- different things that are kind of like based in Creole with, you know, with a little bit of your – because you, when you were learning how to cook, um, have a very strong French, like, cuisine background. Um, so, there is definitely an inspiration as far as that is concerned, too. Uh, How have you married that into Wilson's?
2: Well, yeah, as you said, you know, um, you know, the base of my, you know, training, culinary training is, uh, you know, French, but, you know, I think just like French cooking, um, you know, I compare it a lot to, like, southern cooking because it's food from the soul. That's really what French food is. I think there's always been that stigma of, like, you know, French food is only the you know, super, it's ultra classy, you know, really high in food. But you know, a lot of those really classic French dishes, like the beef bourguignon and vin, those are really just, like, simply braised kind of, like, peasant-style dishes, you know, comforting dishes. Um, so, you know, I, I draw inspiration from cuisines all around the world you know, our menu is definitely ever-changing and, you know, like you consider hyper-seasonal. You know, over here in the East Coast, we have, you know, a series of micro-seasons. So it's not really just the four major seasons, but, you know, you kind of have those seasons in between. So we really, you know, stick with those as well, you know, what's nice, what's on the market. We do have some of those really classical, you know, southern dishes, like, you know, like our gumbo. Yeah, the gumbo. And then again, you know, some of those, you know, really, like, you know, what we're really known as, like, just really comforting dishes. Like, you know, you mentioned the oxtails. And just turn it in a really fun way to eat. So we do that, you know, on a style like, a Berea with, you know, a really awesome, you know, oxtail jus that's flavored up to, you know, dip your sandwich in. And, you know, we do some of the fun things. Like, we do a southern, you know, half-fried chicken. But it has a little bit of Asian, influence, So, like, our garlic chili honey crunch. So, again, you know, there's definitely inspiration drawn from all around the world. But, you know, it's all about, you know, things that, you know, I think anyone would love to eat, you know, three, four days a week or so, um, something that you'll enjoy in the comfort of your home, but, you know, I've seen a different environment, so.
1: I mean, I'm I'm looking, actually, at your menu right now, and I would love to dig into the honey nut squash curry and, like, your uh, your grilled lamb chops with the smoked black blackberry honey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Those two things yeah, are those- definitely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, those are our top sellers. The uh honey dusk squash curry is our, you know, vegetarian dish. Um you know, it's actually one of my favorites it's been one of the crowd favorites for a vegetarian dish. Um, you know, but for me it's just, you know, again, taking local, you know, great ingredients and doing it the right way. So um putting our little twist to it. It is.
1: And um you you also um I wanna mention the fact that you you have worked at places like Wernick and you know, and like Lebec Finn under Georges Pierre, and like you have a history within the culinary, um, the culinary, uh, the world with just working under some some very prestigious people, and so you know you're curating this this menu and bringing your own flavor into it, which I think is amazing
2: yeah absolutely you know i think i've had a you know i've been blessed to have a you know pretty solid career at this point you know working with some really amazing chefs um in restaurant groups um you know over on the west coast as well and um you know again this is really kind of you know all those things come together um at Wilson's now
1: as far as the owners um and Mark Wilson are concerned. They also have their own history within owning businesses and owning um, different restaurants. Insofar as, you know, Mark grew up up in Chicago, and his father owned two different um, clubs that were in Chicago, and then, you know, obviously maybe she owned an art gallery, which is not too far away from Wilson. So uh, how did they come about bringing Wilson's into into fruition?
2: Uh, you know, I'm not – I think that's really their story to tell from what I know. Um, you know, they have a fairly new marriage, and, again, you know, I think this is their first partnership together, uh, building a business together. And, um, you know, it's been a dream of, I, believe, I, I guess, both of theirs to do this together as a husband and wife team, so. Again, you know, Mark uh, has the love and the experience for the nightlife, and, um, you know, Mamie just has a successful business owner. Um, so I think it was a great way, you know, not too far from their home and something that, you know, they really want to experience in the area. They decided to build it.
3: Gene so a You really a that on here <laughs> that, you know, people in Philadelphia, unless you're an old head like me, don't really remember that area of – South Jersey and the history of it. I mean, as Ernest talked about a few minutes ago, you know, that particular township is the first incorporated African-American township in the state of New Jersey, and right in that area, there were some amazing, amazing African-American-owned clubs and restaurants. I mean, you had, you know, the Cotton Club, you had the Will, you know, you had... Uh, Loretta all that you know
4: some great stuff.
3: So here you are opening up a restaurant, December 2021, still trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in the COVID world and how that's affecting things and vaccinated, non-vaccinated, who can, who can't, can. and you're opening up a huge 350 seat place, as well as everybody's turning their eyes on you because here you are bringing back one of the great heritages of not only our area, but of African-American entertainment and culture in the country. So I guess there was a little bit of pressure on you.
2: Uh, I really would consider it pressure. You know, to be honest, you know, I just really have, you know, a love for the game. And when he reached out to me, you know, as far as this project, you know, I saw the potential, you know, I saw them as I was in a, a white team and I thought they were amazing. Um, you know, I see a potential of Wilson's and what it could really mean um, for the area, for, you know, not only the black community, but the culinary community as well. Um, you know, I thought it was a easy kind of, you know, opportunity to jump on. Um, I'm actually myself, to be honest, still actually learning about the history that is in the area. But, um, you know, I did do some research on things like the Cotton Club, and there was a Dreamland that was open many years ago as well. And, um, sure. you know, it's funny because as I'm now doing a research on these things, um, that was kind of the vision that I that I had uh when he first approached me about this of uh, what I wanted to kind of you know look like or feel like your menu is very reminiscent of
3: some of that from what I recall i mean i you know at, at being a little older up in years i I have a, a decent understanding, and I remember some of those clubs that you know closed in the early seventies and and things like that, so yes, it was you know. It, really similar menus but just a celebration of of flavor and and you know taste as well as entertainment and and great music i mean and that's certainly something that's coming in i also noticed that one of the things that you guys are featuring is a bourbon bar so you know one of my great passions in life is bourbon i uh drink a lot i belong to the bourbon uh society here in philadelphia you know gonna probably reach out and talk to you guys about uh you know, maybe doing something over there for the bourbon
2: lovers. Yeah, so we have something in common, because I'm also a fan of bourbon myself. But, you know, I think overall, you know, and I think, you know, what we just kind of create, you know, on a daily basis is making sure that we have, you know, you know, it's an experience, you know, it's a classy vibe, you know, it's, you know, it's obviously, you know, the doors are open for people of all different cultures and backgrounds, but I think for, you know, people of color, you know, it's just really that, fancy environment to really call your own and, you know, go to and be amongst, you know, others. So, absolutely, um, absolutely.
1: Now, I, off of what you just said, I want to also mention the fact that you had organized or founded, I want to say, um, Cooking for Culture in 2018, which is a platform for minority chefs to express their passion, and that using your own words on um, your site. Now, given yeah. that this is an opportunity where you are centered in something that is so rich in the his- history with black owned businesses and black owned bars and clubs, um is that something where you are going to bring some of the cooking for culture um nights or or you know events within your community within that community um in Heinella
2: yeah, I mean, definitely down the line, you know, really the basis of, you know, when I created Cook for the Culture it was really for uh, just to really shine a spotlight on black-owned businesses, you know, on black-owned, you know, um, restaurants, and as well as, the you know, the plethora of, you know, chefs of color throughout the industry. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, Cooking for the Culture is definitely – um, you know, really hit those goals to really, you know, open the eyes of, you know, media and people out there that there are a lot of businesses of color, shops of color that are doing amazing things, and um, they deserve a little bit more attention or, you know, the same attention as, you know, our, their counterparts. Um, so, you know, again, um, you know, I think it's all, you know, it's all on brand. It's all on print on, um, you know, some of the things that I've already done, Um especially some of the programs I've already started, you know, in the city of Philadelphia, um, like Greenwood Supper Club, which is, you know, essentially inspired by the late uh, Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all on brand and it's all, uh, you know, and, you know, I think even now, you know, having a restaurant where, you know, you have essentially Black-owned kitchen staff doing, you know, a style of food, um, what they're comfortable doing, Um you know, I, one of the you know one of the reasons I started cooking for the culture is you know throughout my career I've worked in a lot of amazing restaurants where you know um, even from you know the main leadership role to you know being just management um, I always found myself being the only person of color and the only black person in the kitchen. Um, so you know I think it's really cool to have the environment where it is predominantly you know black kitchen doing some really good food that we could be proud of and you know something a little bit different than you know other black owned restaurants and kitchens. So.
1: Now, um, given that you are are in Wilson's Restaurant and live uh, music, it is a entertainment area that is just primed perfectly for a weekend that's coming up relatively soon. And I saw the Valentine's Day weekend menu, uh, I believe is going to be up pretty soon. So what kind of uh, specials can people look forward to If they have that special someone that they want to bring out for, for, you know, Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day for that matter.
2: Right. Um, So I'm actually still finalizing a menu because we have a pretty busy week. Um, But we are going to be open that Monday, so we're going to have some, you know, fun things. You know, obviously oysters are going to always be big for me on a Valentine's Day because it's an aphrodisiac, so we'll have it a few different ways. We'll have raw, which we source from a local, you know, company and Bridgantine, actually Bridgantine oysters. Um, We'll do broiled oysters, and then we'll have some of those, you know, kind of, you know, uh, elevated seafood dishes. We have a really cool shrimp bisque going on uh, with saffron and tomato conserva. Um, You know, we have a lobster pasta going on for the day. Um a peri Prairie Chicken, um eight spice lamb ribs. So um yeah, I think it's really gonna be a, a really fun day for us. Uh I'm not sure if we're actually still taking reservations. I'm pretty sure we're sold out, but um feel free to check too if uh still looking for something to do. But we'll be offering some specials for Valentine's Day throughout the weekend as well.
1: That sounds fabulous. Now, what other things can we look forward to uh with within what you're doing with the the seat you know updating your menu how often you update it and if you know do you have any kind of plans that you're working on with the owners where you know you're going to bring on a special like pairing night like a tasting night or you know jazz jazz with let's jazz it up with you know the the, (laughs) with with you know the menu
2: Right. So we definitely have a, you know, we're still, you know, in the early stages and I like to call it phase one of opening. I think we have a lot of, you know, fun sighting plans, especially when the weather starts to let up and, you know, hopefully COVID starts to let up a little bit. Um, you know, we were just discussing last night don't like a kind of paint and sip class because, you know, as you know, uh, Mamie owns the art gallery. She's really into the arts. We have actually a couple, you know, artists on our team and myself, you know, um, I consider myself an artist though so it's culinary. So, um, we definitely have some fun things, you know, lined up, you know, we're going to do some comedy nights. Um, But right now, again, we're still in phase one and we're just making sure that, you know, we really kind of set the base of what this restaurant is Um, since we're still growing our staff and getting everyone, you know, on the same page and building our core and, you know, our, um, our core customers and crowd and seeing what everyone wants and loves. um, We're just going to keep growing. So I don't really think there's an end goal. It's just to really, you know, keep pushing and getting better.
0: And
1: I mean, that's the thing about, you know, always getting better about bringing something new and fresh and, you know, into Mm -hmm. the venue. Um, Now, as far as you in particular are concerned, you know, can we look forward to seeing you, you know, teach classes at all with, I, because French cuisine is beyond me. And 100% Mm -hmm. if there was a class where I would want to take something, I would take a French Cooking class, just to get my hand, you know, my hands dirty, well, you know, if you will, uh, would we be able to look forward to you do, doing any cooking classes at all?
2: Yeah, definitely. That's definitely that's definitely in the cards. Definitely in the plans. Um, again, hard to plan now just because of everything that's going on with this uh, current pandemic. Um, But as we are able to be in tighter spaces and, you know, it's a little bit safer for, you know, our guests to really be in a kitchen environment with us, Um, you know, it's something we would love to do. Um, Again, I really love, one of the main reasons I love French cooking, because it is a labor of love, right? And um, I think you really get to show your passion for cooking through French cuisine, um, sometimes more than other cuisines.
1: And, you know, and that's just it. Your passion will come through. Um, So... (laughs) What else will we be able to see in, like, as far as the music uh, venue portion of Wilson's is concerned?
2: Um, so we definitely have some great bands um, that have been playing so far. I'm um, really going to keep pushing that. Even nights nice that we don't have the live bands. Um, like, for instance, last night, you know, it was more of a kind of football happy hour day, but it was such a lovely vibe in there. Just seeing people just getting up and dancing and having fun, it almost felt like a, not a Sunday night, but like an extended Saturday. So, um, you know, one thing about that place is that you know every night, you know, no, no matter who's playing, no matter who's there, um, it is definitely a destination spot and a place to, you know, want to check out, and um, you're almost guaranteed to have a great time.
1: And and I'm sure you are, especially because I know that your music director is Rena Sinekin, if I remember how to pronounce her name properly, but she has such a rich history in just the music world as well. Her foundation in it, um, she's, she's actually worked with people like John Lennon and Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight's in the top, or, uh, yeah, the sorry, and Jackson Brown, people who have been well-established in the music business. So she's bringing her wealth of, of knowledge and of knowing, you know, different artists to the door, in through the doors, I will, should I say, um for
3: Wilson.
1: Well,
2: so Well, unfortunately unfortunately, um Rena's no longer with Wilson's but she was a big part and um getting us open and also setting um pretty much um the way we go about our music program and things like that. Um she went to you know it's another opportunity um but her influence is definitely there as far as what we do with the, the live entertainment show aspect.
1: I just hands for a little bit.
3: Yeah, one of the things I saw on your menu a little bit was that you're gonna be doing some oysters. Are you doing you know, local seasonal selections? Are you importing from across the country? Yeah, you know, what's
2: what what's your yeah, so local, focus there? So local yeah, local seasonal. I myself, um, if I had to choose the type of food that I'm in love with, um, so I'll definitely say open fire cooking and anything from the ocean. Um, so seafood, you know, holds a, a dear place in my heart. Um, we are sourcing from a bunch of local purveyors, um, you know, especially for oysters in the Jersey area. Um, and then, you know, as we start to really get into summertime and the waters really open up, um, you know, I'm gonna use some of my, you know, connections from the west coast and all around the country, um, to really get us some of the freshest best seafood uh, in the region.
3: I, I still look forward to that. I you know, really enjoy having a bourbon, some oysters, and then some of the other great entrees on there. So I'm really looking forward to that, and then obviously taking into some music. I mean, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, you know, Zanzibar Blue is a great club locally, but you know even the South Jersey area. So, you know, what you're doing from a food perspective, looking for your menu, and speaking chef to chef is. You know, really inspiring. You're, you know, you're you're doing comfort food. Yes, absolutely. You're doing food that has some history to it. Absolutely. But you're bringing in some new touches and introducing people to things. You know, not the average person in the city of Philadelphia or in South Jersey is going to go and experience oxtail. So the fact that you're making it at a level where people can really, you know, understand it and, and try it. And, and enjoy it and obviously once you do once you taste it you're going to be hooked for life
2: so thank you for doing that yeah and again you know i use the word a lot but you know it's all about the overall experience you know and um you know i I like to say that our menu is always going to just have something for everyone um and again we're still in a growing stage so you're going to see a lot of additions going on to it Um, we're going to be introducing brunch pretty soon Uh, we have a really cool late night menu as well um but again, you know, I just like to have it. You know, food for everyone, so no one's alienated. You know, and that's almost, um, I guarantee that you know, everyone's gonna come and have a good time, and there's there's something for everyone, and um, you know, there's always stuff for the um, less adventurous eaters, and then we have stuff for the people who like to, you know, take their taste buds for a really cool experience. So, I just
3: don't don't. Don't cater to the less adventurous people. They're
2: on their own. You know? Oh, no. I, I, I Listen, I, to, I totally agree. Um. And, I mean, I think when I say that, and I kind of roll my eyes. I was like, I keep chicken tenders in the freezer just in case. other otherwise, you know, um, you know, this is a place where, you know, you're going to, you know, not only are you just kind of ordering off the menu, but, you know, you're also, you know, eating, you know, through my experiences. You know, everything on that menu is um, drawn from experiences throughout my career. i um, at different points. So, um, yeah.
1: I was like, you stole the summation of my, of of what I was about to say. I'm like, people are going to come there to experience, have an experience that, you know, kind of crosses multiple avenues of, um of a night out. And what you're bringing to the table is much more elevated, but still approachable to people who might have a more myopic uh, view on what to eat. So I think that it's, wonderful
2: what you're
1: doing now um, right and
2: you know it's it's all about i'm sorry go ahead no
1: no 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 just
2: you go yeah you know i think it's all about to you know really gaining that trust factor you know a lot of people um the south jersey area don't really you know know of me unless they have done some research um you know so for a lot of our local guests you know it's just really getting them acclimated to um something different you know and um you know again as we continue to grow as a team and as a unit as a kitchen as a restaurant in general um, you're going to see that, you know, um, that same growth with our food and beverage menus.
1: Exactly. Now, for our listeners out there on Food Forums and Chefs, where can they find you? Where can they find Wilsons, uh, both online and uh, in physically?
2: Yeah, so online is Uh Get the same uh, tags for Instagram and Facebook um wilson's live and it is located 709 uh south warwick road in hyandell new jersey we are open right. uh wednesday through sunday um and we also also have a um a really cool liquor license we have the option some nights to stay open as late as 5 a.m uh we haven't really you know stretched that too much yet but um you know it <laughs> on the right night too i mean it's the all night affair as well so um, and again, as we continue to grow and, you know, things pick up and the weather breaks a little bit more, um, you know, it'll be something for the nightlife as well.
1: Well, I'll be sure to grab Gene and, uh, we'll, we'll go over there for one of those 5 a.m. nights and, you know, just open up some bottles of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, may um,
2: see, you may not see me at that, that late at that point, but I'm going to sleep by then, But, uh, no, definitely, definitely come through, come experience some food, uh, Come have a good time. Looking forward to meeting you both soon and see you in person. So.
1: Exactly. Chef it was a pleasure.
2: Thank you for joining us. Again, thanks for joining us. Eliza, thank
1: me. you so much.
2: No problem. Enjoy thank you, Chef.
0: To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, to Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either Food Farms and Chefs at Yahoo.com or Dining on a Dime at Yahoo.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, take
3: it away. Well, Food Farms and Chefs, as well as I, it's just absolutely honored to introduce to our listeners an incredible woman entrepreneur, an incredible entrepreneur across the board, a talented photographer who kind of changed her whole world and came up with a collective space concept that started out as... Uh, Old City Collective, a group of professionals, then moved into Old City Social, which is a small venue and social uh, area, and now is venturing in with a fabulous location that's going to open up called Old City Kitchen. Laura Eaton, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. a great pleasure to have you. Uh,
4: Thank you so much for having me, Gene. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
3: So, Laura, you came into this idea of you know, space shares and, and, you know, Old City Collective mm-hmm. way before anybody was looking at this. I mean, you know, today there are mega industries built around this, but you yeah. know, you really ventured into this and went out on a limb early on. What was the inspiration behind this concept of these micro venues and, micro, and shared offices?
4: Yeah, um actually it was about 12 years ago. Um I knew I was I was actually pregnant with my daughter at the time. That's the only reason I can remember that it was 12 years because it's around her birthday. Um but I was inspired um I I was at my studio and it was a just my photography studio at the time and I sat there one evening and I thought, "Wow, this is some wasted space." Um I was only there a few evenings each month. I would meet clients. I wasn't so much a studio photographer. I was shooting weddings at the time, and I knew a lot of people in the wedding industry, and so I thought, well, let me reach out to some people and see if they might be interested in sharing the space, and so I reached out to my good friend, uh, Mark Kingsdorf, who's the one that actually suggested I get a studio in the first place. And uh, he was interested um, as long as I rebranded. And so the space became Soiree Philadelphia, which was primarily targeted to uh, wedding industry professionals, uh, but later evolved into becoming Old City Collective because I realized that was quite short-sighted and that I could welcome anyone to that shared space. Uh, And so, yeah, so the concept's been going well, I mean, 12 years, and it's still going. So I'm I'm pretty, uh, pretty pleased with how that went.
3: So you went from Old City Collective uh into mm-hmm. Old City Social, which is a small venue that people can run out or people can do small cooking classes in it or small mm-hmm. meetings and things like that. But you recently really took a big leap of faith during, you know, COVID to open up Old City Kitchen or at least You know get very close to opening old city kitchen which you know should be there in the next couple weeks in full Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that whole process how that came about and what we can expect at old city kitchen
4: yeah uh so the the shared space led like you said to the event spaces and that was about a two almost three-year process um, where you know the event spaces were growing uh, and I had actually recently opened um i was actually scheduled to open old city social on march uh fifteenth twenty twenty and the city shut down on march seventeenth twenty twenty uh so we had a quite the roller coaster ride uh for that well still to this day but for that first year um and so it gave it gave me inspiration um or maybe desperation. to finally get interested or involved uh, with the food side of things. Um, And this is kind of the running joke I've been telling, but I avoided food like the plague until there was a plague. And that really made me rethink my entire process. And I thought, you know what? A food-based business is going to be more sustainable. And if we ever go into lockdown again, or if we have, you know, God forbid, another COVID uh, or something like that, I would at least have the option of selling prepared food or offering virtual you know cooking classes or things like that uh so it really covid is what sort of changed my perspective and made me think outside of my normal realm. you know I've been doing the events uh through the shared office and then opening up the event spaces I've been doing that for like I said twelve years. Uh, But, you know, COVID, nobody planned for COVID and no one expected to be fully shut down for in-person events for as long as we were. And so that made me think, okay, food is what is still operating. Food is what's still working. And the opportunity came up for me to expand into the space next door on uh, 218 Market Street. And so I took the opportunity and I said, okay, now or never.
3: (laughs) Well, and when you say you make it sound so easy, you know, uh, the opportunity oh, itself <laughs> to, to expand to the space next door. It was far from that. You know, you went in and you have so much elbow grease and in labor involved in this and you know, Emmy, your your lovely daughter as well and family and, and you know, everybody oh, yes. around you because you took what was essentially a pizza place mm-hmm. and you turned it into this tremendously beautiful, spotless venue with decorative backsplashes and, you know, a lot of things that took a little bit of exploring to find out if you could even do, um, yeah. you know, through license and inspection and Board of Health and all, and you mm-hmm. really added that visual presence that you have to this area and, and created not one, but two kitchens, if I'm correct, upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, um, correct. And, and, you know, uh, lots of event space. So, you know, what's what's this process been like? I know you're still struggling with, you know, supply chain and stuff like that. But tell us a little bit about that.
4: I mean, I definitely owe a huge debt of gratitude to my family, um, especially, you know, my, my parents always watching my daughter whenever she's not in school. And also my brother, Sean, has definitely put in some elbow grease to assist me. Uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, there, luckily with the pandemic, there's been quite some downtime, which gave me a lot of time to um, research my options and figure out the best uh, methods and try to figure out basically the the, the way I could um, make the most out of this experience and leverage different revenue streams. So that's why, um, you know, when I ordered tables, I wanted to get just very, you know, um, interesting adjust, adjustable height tables, so that they could serve as regular dining tables or standing tables if people were, let's say, doing a pasta class and they prefer to stand. Um, unfortunately, with these supply chain issues, buying something unusual takes months for it to arrive now. Uh, so that's been quite the challenge, but in the last couple of weeks, we've been getting some good news and things are starting to slowly come together. So. There's definitely been some frustration, but mix the mixed blessing of that is that I've really had time to measure and prepare and really you know kind of flush out a bunch of different ideas that if I had been more rushed or if I was on a regular timeline, maybe I wouldn't have thought these things as you know as thoroughly through uh but you know we'll, time will tell if that was a <laughs> a good effort or a uh, if it was just a spinning my wheels, but I I think it, it the process feels good at this point.
3: So walk our visitors through uh just a, a quick visual tour of of Old City Kitchen and you know what they can experience when they walk in or what what's available for people who want to rent the space.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the space itself, um it's a rather kind of a long space. It has exposed brick and immediately, as you walk in, you see the full kitchen um there's you know all the all the things that you would expect- expect plus a large pizza oven uh there's going to be three of these very large long adjustable height tables uh that normally will act as sort of a viewing area slash counter for a chef to uh prepare a meal and interact uh with the guests and that's gonna be pre- the primary format is going to be that people will buy tickets in advance for these dinners. And then you'll have an opportunity to really interact with the chef get to know about their skills and their process learn how to prepare you know some interesting dishes um the one thing i definitely want to do with this space is bring in different chefs um and and have a variety we're not going to have on staff chefs so to speak at least not in the beginning because i really want to bring together a lot of the the chefs in the industry that i've had the pleasure of getting to know over the years. Um, and so, yeah, so that's going to be the primary function of the space. Um, and the primary view of the space is that copper backsplash. And I, I want it to feel like warm and inviting as opposed to um, rather cold, you know, kitcheny feel. I wanted it to feel more like a restaurant. And I think we're achieving that so far. Uh, and then there will also be cooking classes, um, you know, where the, the tables will perhaps be uh, situated differently and people will be able to gather with friends and family and take, you know, classes like pasta making or learn how to make French macaroons or, you know, wh- whatever it is that, that chefs are looking to teach and what people are looking to learn. Uh, we're going to have a variety of classes and those will primarily be during the week um, during the evening, uh, so that people can come in and unwind and relax, um, you know, after work and you know, just spend some time, you know, out and about, which I think we all desperately miss, you know, after this lovely pandemic of ours.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. During the shutdown, I was taking a lot of online classes, and one of them was um, a webinar through Cornell University, and they had a restaurant owner and chef uh, out of Italy who had a number of restaurants, and he spoke about when we come out of the pandemic, how life Mm -hmm. is going to change and people are going to not be looking at, you know, Oh, maybe I'll get a new dishwasher or, or, you know, upgrade this, you know, people are going to be looking for experiences. They're going to be looking for good food, but an experience with friends and family, that's going to be, you know, the new values and the new norms in the world. And here you are providing exactly that. It's going to be experiences where people can come in Mm -hmm. and, you know enjoy things with with family and and friends and learn something and walk away with something really wonderful and I'm so excited that this is happening in our city and that oh, you're, you. you're doing this it's it's really a a wonderful thing and I would be remiss if I you know, didn't mention that you know you have an uber talented little pastry chef in the family
4: i do i'm I'm the proud mother of a little entrepreneur myself old city cupcakes is her business uh which she launched about two years ago i think now and uh yeah she's very excited about this experience and very excited about the opportunity for her to uh sell some cupcakes and it's it's great to see her um you know she she plans everything she budgets you know she's really sort of taken this on as a as a as you know, as as a serious business person, which is really surprising from someone who's almost twelve years old, but uh, she's just she's got a knack for it.
3: <laughs> she's been a remarkable child since the first
4: time we set eyes
3: on her, and and uh, oh, she's just a really a really special young lady. So,
4: you know, it's good a to great see little that. assistant. Great little assistant too. She's helped me with everything from construction to coming up with marketing ideas. I mean, I just. I gave birth to the best little assistant I could have ever hoped for, so
3: so I was very lucky down to the last couple of minutes here um mm-hmm. first and foremost, can you talk about um or if there's anybody that you have in mind or you know people going forward once we open that we might be able to see uh <laughs> two is there a, a website and social media information? and obviously physical address where people can reach out and learn more about Old City Collective, Old City Social, and now Old City Kitchen.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So um, chefs that I've been speaking with include uh, Jason Moss. Um, I've been known Jason for quite some time now, and he has an incredible cookbook, and hopefully we'll be able to sell that in the retail area that we plan to have. Um, also Chetna McGowan, who I believe was just recently on your show, Uh, She's going to be teaching some really interesting and imaginative uh, Indian cuisine classes. Uh, Edward Strohan, uh, I've been speaking with. Um, He does some English food and also just all kinds of catering. Uh, He has uh, Crown uh, Catering Company. And, yeah, there's just quite a few people, and not everybody I want to mention just yet because I want to make sure that they fully want to be involved. Um, But there's been a lot of conversations uh, with different chefs. And if anybody is interested, uh, we're definitely looking for a variety. We wanna have everything from pastry makers and bakers to chefs to, you know, even health um, health people that are people are that, excuse me, like um, health and wellness, you know, people that wanna teach people how to eat better. Um, we're open to any kind of class because I think I want this to apply, have a variety of interests. And I wanna make sure that anybody can find something that will fit their diet, their needs. We're definitely looking to have vegan classes, uh, vegetarian, you know, just to try to make sure that every every base is covered so that we can really serve the Philadelphia community. Uh, we are definitely looking, like I said, for chefs and for people that are interested in teaching classes. Um, the best place to find us right now, uh, we have – the website is a little bit under development, but it's oldcitykitchen.com. And probably the most up-to-date social media right now is our Instagram, which is just at Old City Kitchen.
3: Fabulous. Fabulous. And how about if people wanted to find out about Collective or Social?
4: Yes. Yep. So you can uh, go to oldcitycollective.com. That is the shared space slash event space. It's rather small, but it's good for intimate gatherings. Uh, old city social is next door and connected to old city kitchen so there is possibility of renting out both sides uh but that is oldcitysocial.com and all these names are the same on instagram so at old city social and at old city collective if you want to follow us there
3: alara well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you i look forward to it I know we were talking about doing some events before COVID happened and looking to do some tasting events and things like that. But uh, yeah. hopefully as we come out of this and the world starts to get back to normal and the city of Philadelphia starts to get back to normal, we'll be able to resume them. And, and uh, we're very excited that you're bringing this to the city and giving Thank people you. this opportunity.
4: Well, I'm excited to work with you and we're, you know, bringing everybody back together. And I, I love supporting you know the Philadelphia community And I want to definitely plan some events that are going to give back and and really support, um, you know, some charities. So we're definitely looking for ways to align with that as well. But I'm really excited for this, and thank you so much for having me.
3: Our pleasure. And one more thing for our listeners. I would be very remiss that Laura is one of the huge supporters in the city of Philadelphia of women-owned businesses. Um, As an entrepreneur who struck out on her own to do this, she understands the hardships of juggling family and, you know, a profession. So, you know, if you're a young female entrepreneur who has something that might benefit in one of these
4: locations, certainly reach out because you're speaking
3: Absolutely. with one of your
4: own. Absolutely. I, always lo- I love to hear from young entrepreneur, any age of entrepreneur, but and especially women. I love to support them.
3: So, Laura, thank
4: you so much.
3: Appreciate it. All right. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jean. Tune in to Dining on a Dime to hear from Jean Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at IBFoodie2 or Jean Blum at IBFoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amorous Pollock and find her across social media at A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S at gmail.com.
0: And we're back. Chef Jean,
3: take it away. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs for Where We're Eating, our last segment of the show, uh, getting into the today being the last day of the month. It is also Chinese New Year's Eve, and then tomorrow begins Black History Month. I wanted to touch a little bit about Uh, some local places that I've experienced and that I know well, and really a great place to celebrate both. So starting off with uh, Chinese New Year, and for those listeners of um, Asian background or Chinese descent, uh, Happy New Year to you. A couple places that I truly recommend that I have been going to and recently gone to, uh, first, if you're looking for great, authentic Chinese, especially a wonderful Peking duck uh, in Philadelphia, you cannot find any better than Sang Ki. Uh, a very close friend of the show uh, had ties to Sang Ki many years ago. They've undergone some new management, but they're still wonderful, wonderful quality products. So Sang Sankey in Philadelphia, Chinatown. As well as a Kanto house. It's a new restaurant in Chinatown. Um, really large menu, a lot of different things to explore. Uh, I'm actually looking at doing one of my Chinese New Year banquets there. Um, a really great place. If you're looking for some Asian food of a little different quality, my go to and the place I spend a lot of time with my daughter is uh, Vietnam. Uh love there going there, getting some pho. Vietnam is also in Chinatown, Philadelphia. If you wanted to explore a different culture, uh Penang and uh, Chinatown, which is Malaysian, um really fun, flavorful, great Malaysian food.
0: And then one
3: of the little hidden gems in Chinatown that I was just at, um, love going there getting a great cup of coffee, some dumplings, a little, you know, something light is a place called Ray's Cafe a Tea House. And if yes. you are a lover of coffee, I suggest going to Ray's Cafe and Tea House. The different absolutely. preparations, the different flavors, absolutely amazing. And you can get some great dumplings and all that. My last place on the list for Chinese or Asian food is really a tour. And that would be reaching out to one of our great friends, Joe Poon. Joe Poon, if you do a little Google, is a great Asian chef, does tours at Chinatown, And Joe will be joining us again on Valentine's Day for a show. So we're going to be welcoming him back in the studios. So then we begin Black History Month. I just wanted to touch on a couple places that probably no one knows about, um, but really fabulous things. In the Strawberry Mansion part of the city is Barclays Barbecue, just as it sounds, absolutely amazing barbecue. A little place in Kensington, and don't get turned off by the fact that it's Kensington, but a little place in Kensington, the great area of Kensington, is called uh, Franny Lou's Lou's Porch. Um, really fabulous. And if you want to get into the only section of Philadelphia, I would suggest go to Shea uh, air, which is Asian and West, and West Indian and of course, we have to go back to wonderful guests from Wilson's, head over to South Jersey get some live music get some great food enjoy Black History Month celebrate, embrace the cultures of Asian and Black History Month and you're, Republic, you're up <laughs> Um, thank you. So I have
1: been, I do not have any um, restaurants to recommend through uh, Chinese New Year. So, Jean, thank you for that great list. And um, I will say that I'm going to bring up some small businesses that are within the New Jersey area and a couple that are in um, Philadelphia or the outskirts of Philadelphia. So I have definitely dined at some wonderful places, one of which is Aunt Berta's Kitchen. She is actually in a, a black-owned business that's in New Jersey, and again, fabulous food. Um, and then if you go over to Morristown, New Jersey, right off of the main street, there is a lot of different little, you know, pockets of little gems, um, some of which I have absolutely adored dining at which is the cubby hole it's a breakfast and lunch place and if you want really good breakfast food or you know to go out with friends um they make amazing breakfast sandwiches they have you know just you know regular things that you would find at a brunch french toast um that's kind of piled high with various ingredients and I had a um, bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant, which, you know, typically you can, you know, assume that it's just bacon, but it's not. It's a thick-cut bacon, so it's for anybody who's a bacon lover out there, it's huge. You bite into it, and, you know, you almost have to, like, try to rip it off because it's so good. Um, I've actually ordered extra bacon. Then I'm going to also mention the fact that it is a chain, um, a small chain, but hashtag, house a go-go they were closed due to the pandemic and some changes but they are going to open up again if you are looking for a gigantic meal um they're known for that and just you know like some some interesting drinks and cocktails as well so they'll be opening up again soon in the jersey area in over over in philadelphia i have been to um west avenue grill they have some amazing foods. He is a very um, talented chef, and he's constantly changing his menu, but it's a lot of comfort foods, and, you know, he makes foods to go for families. Um, so he has two locations that are in Philadelphia, and, you know, I, I just I re- highly recommend him. I He's also catered to different events that I've been to, um, and he as a person is just a wonderful human as well. And then um, I also, oh, over in the Old City area, Blue Sushi, it is, you know, this cute little restaurant that's off of uh, Tenth, I believe, and, and in Old City area, and it offers some amazing sushis. I have met uh, Hendra, who his whole entire family is involved in the restaurant, and they offer deals that, you know, you won't find with high quality, like anywhere else, with the highest quality. He um, he owns several other, like he owns a business and runs a resort, so he actually doesn't care how much money he he puts into making sure that the quality of the food you get, the sushi that you get, um, is of the highest quality, but still, you know, gives us as um, his uh, guests the best meal that we can find for a lower, you know, as low of a price as possible. Um, So, Kevin, do you have any places that you are interested in?
0: Yes, I do. I have three phenomenal places in northeast Philly. My first spot is Jack's Place, 7167 Hegerman Street. Uh, Fantastic sandwiches. They make their own turkey. They make their own roast beef. And they won an award, uh, They got recognition for their pork sandwich. So if you're looking for a good pork sandwich, Jack's Place, 7167 Hegerman Street. My next place was the original, Dining on a Dime, when it was on ESPN Radio from 2016 to 2018. I featured Dagwood's Pub, 4625 Linden Avenue. They have an excellent burger, but they have some phenomenal seafood. And if you're looking for good seafood up in the Northeast, Gagwood's Pub. Uh, They also have an excellent burger and cheesesteak. And my final pick is from a friend of our show, Chef Nate. I spent some time in the Northeast uh, this past week, and I ordered his phenomenal meatball sandwich, Big Al's Italiano, 8202 Roosevelt Boulevard. Uh, Chef Nate talked about his meatball sandwich on our show. And the meatball sandwich was absolutely phenomenal. So I can't stress enough uh how great Dagwoods Pub is for seafood. So a lot of people these days are looking for good seafood spots. Uh, Dagwoods Pub, forty six twenty five Linden Avenue in the great in northeast Philly. Uh Philly Restaurant for all info about the show. Amorous Pollock.
1: You can find me at AR Polycus on all media platforms, or if you would like to be a guest on our show or a sponsor, you can email me at arpolycus at gmail.com
0: Jane,
3: You can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or at gblum, or you can email me directly at ibfoodie2 at com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E the number 2 at yahoo.com
0: We'll see you next week, everyone. Have a great week.